Hey, before we begin, I just want to apologize for the poor audio quality. We were using the microphone for the first time, and we didn't quite have the settings ironed out just right. So some of the audio is going to sound a little rough, but please bear with us. I promise it'll get better, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Secret Language Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Vaughn, and I'm joined today by my co-host, my brother, my best friend, Matt Vaughn. Matt, thanks for agreeing to do this podcast with me. Thanks for having me, Chief. Hey, you're very welcome. All right, so for those of you that are wondering what this podcast is kind of all about, um, it's about brothers and the crazy, off-the-wall conversations that brothers have. And today, we are talking Star Wars. Um, Matt, when did you see The Rise of Skywalker? I saw it at a special screening Thursday before it was released Friday. Oh, so... I saw it on Christmas Day with Sarah and her family. Mm. So let's talk about that. We're also going to talk about The Mandalorian a bit, because we just watched the final episode yesterday. So just Rise of Skywalker, 1 out of 10, what'd you think? Mm, I'd probably say like a strong 8. A strong 8? Yeah, yeah, I'd say strong 8. I have to say like somewhere between an 8 and a 9. Like, it clearly wasn't perfect. Mm. But I think it's a really great way to end 42 years of Star Wars. Mm. Mm. What was your favorite part? I think probably... Uh, the redemption and teamwork between Ray and Kylo. I thought that was unexpected, at least for me, and um, didn't seem cheap. I thought it it cost something, which was important. I think you're right. That's something that Ryan Johnson and the the Last Jedi did really well. Is mm. they got those new Force powers, which is kind of neat. The whole like I'm going to communicate with you in another place, and then like. The whole handing off of she handed off mm. the lightsaber there at the end. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is a spoiler episode. Like, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, don't listen to this. Now that that's said and done, after we've mentioned this, yeah, um, that was that was a neat little thing. I think I liked how mysterious it was. They didn't try and say, and technically they can blah blah blah. Like, I have no idea how it works. I don't know why some of it's like physical connection, some not, but it's lit, you know. Okay, so you're. A, bigger Star Wars nerd than I am. And I'm a pretty big nerd. I know a lot of stuff. So, obviously, the big thing here is the return of Emperor Palpatine. Right. Dark Lord Sidious. Mm. So, how did he survive? We get that. That's obviously the big question. Now, remind me, the whole, like, Darth Plagueis the Wise thing that he Mm. says Mm. in, like, Revenge of the Sith to Anakin? Yeah. Is that... He's supposed to be referring to himself there? Or is he, like... No. So, Darth Plagueis was Palpatine's... uh, like master, okay. so like there's there's this thing called the Sith rule of two. There's always two Sith at any time, a master and an apprentice, because they can't stand out more than that because they're so hungry for power. Um, Plagueis figured out how to like sustain life with the Force. Um, Palpatine obviously was pretty scared of that and killed him before he learned how to do that, which is why he he makes the promise to. Anakin slash Darth Vader in episode 3 that, well, I can save Padme because I know how to do this. And then after all of the mess, he says, and after the whole mechanization of Darth Vader, he says, with our combined efforts, I'm sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> didn't deliver on the promise. It's like the worst trade deal. That yeah, trade deals. seriously. And so I think that's definitely part of how we made it this far. I, I was a big fan of how they didn't do some weird, I bet you're wondering how I got here sort of thing. Like, It's like, 
Palpatine survived, and now you have to deal with it. Like, I thought the mystery was pretty cool. You know, that, that does raise a big question for me, is... So, like, that's something that Sidious and Vader were trying to figure out together. Mm. But in the movie, Rey just kind of, like, walks up to that big snake-looking thing and just does it. Like, how did she... Were we supposed to, like... Oh, no, no. Does it imply no, no. that she learned that, or is that a different thing? I think it's a different thing. I think force healing and some things most would consider unnatural. I think those are two very different things. I'm I glad think. you didn't super commit to that Palpatine yeah. voice. It's really not too far off my normal voice. So, yeah. Um, so I took some notes, like, after the movie that I'd like to... That I just kind of want to bring up. We kind of talked about the whole force thing. Like, if... Imagine if Anakin like actually knew what he was doing. If he could have just saved Padme, we could have avoided like the whole thing. Vader wouldn't mm-hmm. have existed. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny how we decided to bring this up so much later, and how that could have changed the whole course of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting with that proposition because. Anakin would have had to, like you said, bring Padme back from the death, which is what Ray, or Kylo does to Rey. Like, he gives his entire life force to spark what hers had gone out, right? So, like, whenever Rey heals uh, the snake, or even in The Mandalorian, when Yoda heals Carl Weathers... Spoiler alert again. Um, it's just like a, a transfer of some for, like, an injury. Yeah. But for, if Padme's already dead... And Anakin probably have to take all his dies to save Padme. That would drastically change. Yeah, that would. That's just Padme, single mother with two incredibly gifted children. So, did you, did you at any point think that Ray might have actually struck down the Chancellor? Because I, I really did for like half a second think she's going to strike him down. She's going to become the Sith. And now mm. that, like, Kylo Ren's given up on the whole Sith thing, those two would duke it out as the good and evil. Uh, no. I kind of thought that would happen, like, for just a little bit. No, that didn't really... That didn't track with you? That didn't track with me. I didn't, at least, I didn't really see that, even in, in the moment. Okay, I know, one thing I definitely noticed was that everyone hates C-3PO. Mm. Like, throughout the entire series, everyone's like, C-3PO, like, you're useful until you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. Like, everyone's just like, would you shut up? It's kind of... I think, just bringing up C-3PO, I think that was... Now, don't get me wrong. I thought it was a really good movie, and I liked it a lot. I think it was great. That being said, I think its main problem was um, the movie lacked a lot of consequence. Yeah. Like, like I think the, they, like, half-killed Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo, like, at least twice. Yeah, and even on, like, a bigger scale, it's like... 3PO, who's been a character for literally all nine movies of the main trilogies thing, he now has to like wipe his memory and essentially the character of him is going to die. They did that at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Because right. he, he meets Luke Skywalker like, who is this person I've never met before? Right. He was present at his birth. But the thing is, it's like, he has to give up like his entire character to for the good of the cause. Yeah, until they... He just gets it back. Until they just back his memory right. up and it's... Or... Ray is just like Luke, and she's going to seclude herself to keep herself from Palpatine until she decides not to, literally like six minutes later. Or, you know, the Zori chick that Poe used to be on a crew with. She gives up the the captain's medallion thing so they can escape, and then we figure out the planet got destroyed. 
until she's back again. It's like there's so many little conflicts that immediately get resolved. It kind of, they lacked kind of a punch. Stuck with it. Like, you know, Leia actually dies and stuff like that. Well, Ren, Kylo dies. Carrie Fisher actually died. Right, which is his own kind of thing. But <laughs> it's like the movie set up a lot of extreme situations only for them to be immediately resolved, which kind of took away some of the momentum. I agree, but like I also, Kylo just got stabbed, and that was shock. That was legitimately oh, shocking. I, my jaw hit the floor, and then he got healed. And it was like, well, rats, you know? Yeah, <laughs> come on. Now I feel like that is kind of a consequence of like fans in general <laughs> and how they're like, how could you kill this character? Like I feel like mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like fans can get so enraged about characters dying. Or, I think fans should just get over. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Writers, if you're writing a movie, kill a character and commit to it, please. I think it's powerful and especially with with this as like it's an incredible centerpiece like topping the cake of it's been baking for 42 years 42 years you know it's like so among resolutions this has to be like everyone wants this to go very well no of course but i think part of what makes a resolution powerful is the fact that it, it came at a cost you know it's like we you know the sith were finally defeated but it took this much pain to get there, you know, which I think was part of like the just from a writing perspective, the appeal of Rogue One. It's like, oh yeah, we accomplished this great thing, but like it everyone cost, died. It costed a lot. I think you know? Rogue One and like what makes it powerful. I'll admit, Rogue One is like one of the two movies I've ever felt fallen asleep in in the theater. <laughs> but that was your I, fault. it is my fault, and I'm admitting that to the whole internet. Mm-hmm. But I did like that it came at a cost, and that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were costs. Like it, it, the movie wasn't without them. I just feel like they had a lot where they could have done it. Oh yeah. Didn't. Like Kylo gave his life, and I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that like summation of the character a lot. Was it necessary for him to kiss Ray? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of neat that they had I that whole connection was, thing. It was necessary for him to die, but yeah. I don't think it was necessary for him to kiss Ray. Which is strange, because, like, I really actually loved his character. Like, I, I, I have, like, stood Qui-Gon Jinn as, like, my favorite character for a very long time. That's true. But I've really come to enjoy Kylo Ren. I think he, he grows a lot, which was pretty cool. Like, it, he took some turns I didn't think he would. Um, yeah, I like, I like Kylo a lot. I wonder if I'd like him as much if it wasn't Adam Driver. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. kind of a big fan of him as it is. He's a man, dude. Sarah tells me that I'm just a prettier version of Adam Driver, which is, like, I don't think it's necessarily true. It's not a high praise, because he's not, like, a beautiful man. It's like, he's just, I mean, he's a rugged kind of handsome, but... Okay, what, another thing on that whole romantic thing. Do you think Poe's, not Poe, do you think Finn was going to tell Ray that he loved her? I don't know, that was seriously, talk about unresolved conversation. Oh yeah, they just, they never brought that up, and I was like, what in the world? Because, like, I mean, they haven't been setting those two up as a romantic lead at all. No, but they also haven't, like, gotten anyone for Finn to stick with. Like, they gave him Rose, and she kissed him in The Last Jedi. That was a stupid thing. That was Ryan Johnson trying to write something, and J.J. Abrams came back in this movie, and he's like, no, Ryan, I'm not doing that. Oh, that's the whole thing with The Last Jedi. They're like, Ryan Johnson, you're going to take this one. And it's like, he had... He had a different he, Like, yeah, he completely ignored, like, what we're going to do. Like, Finn and Ray's... Or not Finn, Finn and Rose's little episode was horrible. You could pretty much watch The Force Awakens and then 
The Rise of Skywalker and would miss pretty much nothing apart from Luke dying. That's true. He really wouldn't miss a lot. I don't know. You do, that's a, there's a lot of character, a ton of character growth with Kylo. Um, there was. He goes from edgy kid to I'm as good as dead to my parents and I've totally bought into this power grab. Because after, after he kills Snoke, it isn't Let's restore peace, Ray. He said, join I'm the Supreme me. Leader. Join me because I'm like, we're ruling now. And he, yeah. and he chokes Hux and's like, I'm the Supreme Leader. You're not going to tell me what to do. Right. So um, I think there's a lot of growth there. But Finn and Rose was stupid. Okay, so let's talk about the ending for a second. Okay. Do you think, and this is my take on it, when she buried the lightsabers on Tatooine, mm-hmm. I think that was her saying, like, we're going to end this whole Jedi Sith thing? Mm-hmm. Because to me, like, her burying the lightsabers. Now, there's no remaining Sith left. Palpatine is dead. Yeah. Kylo Ren is dead. Yeah. So, like, there's... That's that whole power law of two thing. That that's... That's out. Yeah. And she would be technically the last Jedi. But then you have the whole orange saber at the end. Yeah. Is that... To me, I kind of took that as we're going to get rid of this whole light side, dark side, Jedi, Sith thing. And we're just going to, like, let the Force be its thing. Because I've always yeah. thought this about Star Wars. The Jedi are all about bringing balance to the Force. Mm-hmm. And the Sith are like, we want power. We're going to eliminate the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But if the balance of the Force thing holds true, then they're always it's always going to necessitate another Jedi pop-up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I Like with great light, yeah, yeah, yeah. it necessitates yeah. great darkness. That's part of the huge conflict with the Civil War that happens and like the eventual overturn in Episode 3. Um, because the Jedi became what they weren't supposed to become, right? So, like, by the time of Revenge of the Sith, there are thousands of Jedi. Yeah. And they're, like, kind of like the police force for the Senate. And that's not what Jedi are supposed to be. And so there's only two Sith in existence, right? It's Palpatine and Dooku. And they're incredibly powerful because, like you said, the whole balance thing. Now, for Rey, there is something like that that in the... Extended universe. I don't know if it's still canon because Disney did the whole overall thing. But there's a thing called the Gray Jedi, where they're not Jedi or Sith. They have the they're like, like the neutrals. Yeah, they have like these silver lightsabers. Mm-hmm. I've seen and, concept. Uh, they are able to use both light and dark force abilities because they're middle of the road. And that's what eventually, if you ever watch like the Clone Wars show, which pretty sweet, but uh, in that show, Anakin has a. This is pre pre episode three. Yeah, Anakin has a uh, apprentice named Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. She's actually a voice in Ray's head. Oh yeah. If you read the credits, that's like, pretty lit. Yeah, but she eventually in the show becomes a great Jedi, hmm. which continues on into Rebels, I think. But yeah, I see, seen I Rebels. never watched either of those shows. But really. she she takes that path, and I don't think I thought that was like potential for what would happen in this movie, and I don't think that's exactly what's happening with the ending. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty I think, easy. Like, it's yeah, not I think they kind of left it that way because they're going to end the... Like, the Skywalker this is, this is story. This Skywalker story. Yeah. But they're not ending Star Wars. Oh, no. Star Wars prints its own money. Disney would be <laughs> foolish to just never make another one. Yeah, I agree. So, one thing I've been very disappointed with mm-hmm. with these this sequel trilogy from The Force Awakens to The Rise of Skywalker is there, like, no green lightsabers? This, I know this comes off the wall based on the deep discussion we just had, sure. but like, the green ones have always been my favorite. I don't know, something about the way they look. Like, I really dig it. Yeah. And I was really hoping when they pulled out Leia's saber, I was like, 
please be green. She turns it on, it's blue. I'm like, you gotta be kidding right. me. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, right? Yeah, I feel you. Green and you're pretty sick. And that's just, that's just a stylistic card. choice. Well, actually, I think it all started with watching, like, the originals when we were kids. Hmm. When Qui Gon, dude. No, I mean, like, the originals. You had oh. Luke Skywalker, at least he in. Makes his new one in episode six. Yeah. In, after his hand gets cut. Yeah. In terms of the Jedi, green. it's green. And He's I thought. Like in the black clothes. Yeah, like, that's awesome. And, then, you, and then in the new ones, you had, yeah, my favorite, Qui Gon Jinn, and mm. Yoda using the green. I think it's just awesome. I feel like it would have at least brought some variation. Because now, yeah. in this one, you only had blue and red. Yeah. It's just, true. it's okay. Yeah, do what you something, want. Uh, in the game, the Force Unleashed games, which occur between four... Oh, we'll get back to four, that. Which is lit, by the way. But in the second game, they added like a ton more customization, both with kind of the costume, and in that one, your character Starkiller wields two lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And just to be fair, the green ones and the white ones look the sickest. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I agree. There's lit. Now, one thing I noticed about these movies is they use a lot of actual, like, practical effects. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the aliens, you could tell, were like, these were people in costumes. These were puppets. Yeah. Like, I think that's pretty sweet, because it seems like in episodes one, two, and three, they're kind of like, we make the most expensive, awesome movies in the world, and watch us CGI everything. Mm-hmm. And now they're, like, kind of going back to the way they used to make them. Or, like, a couple of those aliens, you could tell, were like, that's a full-on Muppet. Yeah. Like, the one that turns around, like, they're in the cab kind of thing, and he's like, take us to wherever! And he just turns around and he's like, okay! Like, that was a full-on Muppet driving that one. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah, that was kind of neat. If you can do it, practical effects, I guess almost always look better. Like, it gives the character, like it a, gives the actor something to interact with, yeah. but it also just kind of, like, it looks like the original it Star Wars. It always looks better. Like... Unless it's like a scale thing, where it's like it's just too big to make a puppet. Which, like, by the way, Jabba the Hutt was like the biggest puppet for a long time. Yeah. When they made that. But that's a thing, like, uh, when they they did a remaster of episodes 4, 5, and 6, and they did a bunch of CGI, and people were like, what in the world? Like, Yeah, I saw those. That? I did not like them. Um, or that's in a different franchise, like... One of the reasons the Lord of the Rings ages well, like you can still watch it and say that looks good, is because they use very minimal CGI. Like all the orcs yeah. are just dudes painted up. It looks great. Really crazy budget. Especially with, you know, made in like the time frame it was, you know. CGI then to bad today. There's one shot in that movie, that, in all those movies that I really hate, and it's the one where Gandalf is doing the whole you shall not pass thing. Mm. The lighting is whack. <laughs> In my opinion, I've always looked at that shot and think Gandalf looks like the Cowardly Lion. Oh, By the way, like just the way he's lit, because I think they use like too bright of a light. They weren't warm enough for like the big Balrog. The Balrog. I don't know. That's one. I'm just like it, it, he's lit all wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big like critique on how things are lit, but that one just doesn't look right to me. Okay, so you have anything else on the rise? Of Skywalker. Mm. Any other comments? Yeah, I thought Lando's pretty pointless. It's Lando's dumb. It's nostalgic. It's literally it's, it's like, fan service. It's like, that's okay. I don't know the actors. Here's Billy D. Williams. He's he fat. looks real He's bad. Fat, dude. He just like there's the part where um, Poe's like, "Oh, I won't be able to get to Finn in time. He's still on the ship." And Lando shows up. He's like, "This ship's the fastest in the galaxy." It's like, 
How is that still true? What are you doing here? I don't know. Like, go get out of here. And then at the end, was it, was he implying that he was like that lady's kid father? No. Was he hitting on her? I don't know. I all don't those know. kids were taken. Like, all those stormtroopers were like taken as children. I feel like Lando would have been like, I had a kid taken, unless he had way too many kids with way too many people. I mean, it's Lando, dude. He's yeah. a good player. Well, let's try to give him some credit. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Okay, but, so just curious. I thought the parallelism was done tastefully. It was. Thing. Like, Palpatine uses the same uh, deception that he used on Luke. Oh, yeah. You know, he like he's like, look at the starfighters. Your friends are getting killed. You should join me. He does the same thing to Ray. It's like... Strike me down. That's cool. Like Do it. It was parallelism, but it wasn't just a ripoff. Same thing with uh, when Ben makes the change and turns to the light side. It's like, you know, like the same dialogue from when he kills his father. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. like, it's, it's almost like they pretty much could have just taken Harrison Ford and just, yeah. like, just basically copy-paste it. You know, he says, I know what I need to do, I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And I was like, that's really poetic justice. Like, that was well done, and it wasn't like, oh, it's the same scene. It's like, no, dude, like, it's... You carry differently. Yeah, it was, it was really artistically done and I liked it a lot absolutely so where does where does this rank in like your if you're going to rank all nine of the oh, Star Wars movies like I don't want you to have to go through the whole list no, no, no. but like what is, is it what would is, be above it if you had to play setting oh Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back are definitely above it yeah let me just tell you guys everyone who bashes on the prequels I don't understand any, honestly, anyone who bashes on Star Wars, as a, like if you're like, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I hate them all, you're not a fan. You're just being contrarian for no reason. It's, we grew up on the prequels, and they're lovely movies. I enjoy them. I enjoy them. I don't think you can ruin a Star Wars movie anymore. They're good memes, and they're good content at the same time. Yeah. And, unironically, Finch of the Sith is a great movie. Unironically. I, that might be but my favorite Star Wars movie. I love watching it. It's a good time. I get emotional at the end. It's, it's our core, it's, it's good. Now, we could do a whole episode on the whole Jar Jar Binks theory. That's we true. want to skip that. We won't, we won't do that. Because I... Whatever. We'll talk about that later. But I kind of agree. Revenge of the Sith. Definitely. Empire Strikes Back. I think... I'd have to watch The Force Awakens again to see if I like it better than yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Because that one's pretty good. Mm. I do remember seeing Force Awakens for the first time and the reveal of Adam Driver underneath the helmet. I was kind of like, wait, what? That's... That's the guy. That's who we're going with. It turns out I love him. He's great. And that's a but. good. That's a good transition into the Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. This is for the whole season. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But it's on Disney the, Plus, ask one of your friends. One of the things that was Hold pretty on. pretty controversial move. Can me. I interrupt you real fast? Yeah. I promised I wouldn't interrupt you. Yeah, I know. But I want to just start the whole Mandalorian conversation with this. Mm. If you watch the Mandalorian. Just for Baby Yoda, you don't deserve the Mandalorian. It is too good of a series for you to watch for Baby Yoda. I get it; he's adorable, but watch the show; it's brilliant. All right. Now Sorry. Back to the Proceed. the very good transition was the like the D masking, right? Yeah. Um, Had the same kind of effect. It's kind of like, oh, that's it. Yeah i I wasn't really a fan of that that choice. But how do you? But how difficult would it be to cast a character? 
you know, see like, like is in a helmet the whole time. Like you're obviously going to like in the casting, you're going to check the guy's body language, his vocals. Like that's mm-hmm. what's going to matter because that's what you're going to see apart from one scene. Right. But see, I think well, couldn't you just use another actor though? I guess what I look at is what I love about one of the many things I love about the character is like the mystery of it. Oh yeah. It's like he's just like this hardcore dude with no, you know, no. Get obvious giveaways, you know. You could have left it undone. Exactly, and yeah, I think that's a fan thing again. Now, to be fair, I'm. I know when we were watching it, we were watching it with our little brother and Jesse's fiance, and whenever he took his helmet off, it was like Will and Sarah both were like, Ugh. <laughs> but um, I kind of did like if they were gonna unmask him that he wasn't just like this grizzled model. He was like, it, yeah, he's a dude. Like, get over it, man. Like. Not everyone has to be like the paragon of you know he's just he's a guy you know yeah it's and it's the same thing with Kyler Ren. it has the yeah. same kind of effect it's like not everyone has to be a model but just from an artistic point I think I would have enjoyed it more if we never saw his face yeah I mean Boba Fett is a character that everyone loves right and yeah he's in the same kind of armor and you never see him take his helmet off Jango yeah. Fett does and that's fine he's not technically a Mandalorian we can he's not full blown like this but, but like, everyone loves Boba Fett. Never takes the helmet off. He has, like, three lines. Yeah, and people, like, revere yeah, him. But, like, I think just throughout the whole series, retaining the mystery also retains some of the danger of the characters. Oh, like, of course. You can't humanize someone in a helmet. Right. It's like this dude's impossible to read, and he's absolutely hardcore. Like, I like I how they let him get beat up. Like... Yeah. yeah, he kind of like comes out on top on all the all the battles, but like he gets beat he gets up beat pretty up. good. And he doesn't just come in there and just whoop everybody and walk off. He gets shot, and thankfully, like with the best guard, he's usually fine. But he's not one of those like Avengers who just is untouchable. You know, it's like he takes some hits. Yeah, we're looking at you, Captain America. Seriously, but uh, like even when he's fighting the droids on like the highest episode, I think it's like episode six. Like he gets smacked around a little bit, and it's like. It just feels ex- extremely more real when it's like in any fight. It's like I'm not sure exactly how this is gonna go. You know? Oh yeah, it definitely left you kind of wondering. Or like with the Mudhorn, like he was going to die if it wasn't for Baby Yoda's I mean, really, yeah, hundred percent. Or in this episode, same thing. It's like he's not an unbeatable character. Oh no, which is always always more fun to watch. We need vulnerable characters. We yeah, need yeah, fallibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you think about? having Baby Yoda as, like... I think they did a good job. He was another one of those, like, we could have CGI'd him, but he's, for the most part, like, a literal, like, puppet that people are holding. Yeah, for, I like that. for almost all of it. I like, like it. what do you think about, like, that choice as a character? Oh, I thought it was a smart move for Disney, because it's, like, here, for one, here's, like, this... When you're basing it off of Yoda, it's, like, super mysterious and incredibly well-known character like even people who've never seen star wars or don't like star wars know who yoda is oh it's iconic and so for one just design smart choice two when you have the art team you do at disney you can make him absolutely adorable which is great success i don't know i think having him the age he is not just for the cute factor whatever is he's more like a variable than like a character yeah he doesn't have like True which, like characteristics and virtues, yeah, which which fits into the like what he is in the in the in the show to everyone other than the Mandalorian. Um, he's just a prize. He's an asset. 
And they call him that, you know. It's like he's... Make the baby do the magic hands. Right. It's Carl Weathers. But Carl Weathers. All the bounty hunters are like, this is literally just a cash grab. You know, everybody treats him that way. Which I think it was important to have that in the first episode because that was like his thing. It's like, I'm going to go make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And then like he feels bad about it. Well, and so and that automatically humanizes him in the beginning. He obviously sees himself in the... As a foundling, I mean, by the end of the season, they're was. calling they're calling it a foundling. Yeah. So, do you think they're going to find a whole planet on since he's too young to train? They're like, it is your responsibility to right. take him home. Like, do you think you're going to find a whole planet of mm-hmm. Yoda people? I don't think I'm, so. I think you'll find like four or five. See, I'm very interested in that because since the original four, five, and six, George Lucas has been extremely tight-lipped about what Yoda is. Like, there's not even a species name for it. There's a great tweet I saw. They just call him Yoda, right? Yeah. Don't know. There's so, a great tweet I saw that said, interested. I would love to hear a 10-minute rant from Ben Wyatt, the character from Parks and Rec, about why we shouldn't call Baby Yoda Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. That's pretty... I haven't seen that. But that's I mean, what... yeah, like, we don't know what kind of alien he is, so yeah. we're just, like, forced to call him Baby Yoda. Right, and so I am interested to see what, like, kind of lore they'll reveal... reveal that has, like, implications for the, the main story in this, like, sideshow. Because, like, if you'll notice, um, whichever episode released, I guess it was seven, it was released the same day as uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yes. And so that's the... Ray learns the Force healing, and Yoda uses the Force, Baby Yoda uses the Force healing in episode seven. It's like, that's a major thing that they had to release it the same day so that it wasn't, like, this yeah. big surprise thing. Which I hadn't the, seen episode 7 of The Mandalorian oh, by the yeah. time I saw it, so I was like, wait, what in yeah. the world is They're this? doing the same thing, right? So it's interesting because, so like at the end of the 8th episode, that Moff Gideon guy has the Darksaber, which is his, its own. It's a whole other sack of cats. Yeah, but that's like an old, like huge relic in like the extended universe that has never been mentioned in the main story. So it's like, maybe this sideshow will explore a lot of lore which could include the, like, the Yoda race yeah. that the other series never touches. You know? So I'm pretty... It'll be interesting. Interesting to see um, what they'll do. I feel like they made... I would say, like, hey, Disney, don't screw up the second season. Mm-hmm. But they didn't screw up the first season. You yes. have John Favreau writing. Yeah. You have him directing, Taika Waititi directing, Bryce Dallas Howard, who yeah. her dad, Ron Howard, directed Solo. Mm-hmm. Take that what you will. But, like, they did a really good job casting... I think what they did doing is everything they've got a, season they've got two should be great. Yeah, they've got really, really high production money, but also I think the people that are working on it just care about it. Yeah, like it's not like how can we squeeze money? They're like, I want to tell a good story, you know. And they succeeded. It is excellent. Now, uh, it's clear by the end of this season that they're going to continue the story in season two. Like that's they have no option. They've totally set it up. Um, but up until the like the end near the end of the day, it was pretty well explained. Um, I was I was feeling like the Mandalorian was gonna die. I thought Din was gonna I, I was yeah bite it. And partially because I, I think that'd be really, really cool and they've they've done well committing to character death. But also um, they created a consequence. Yeah, yeah, they really did with Quill and all that. But or even just any like anyone, they're not afraid to kill anybody. 
I liked his character a lot. I was really hoping he could like sidekicked with him, or even like all of the uh, all the other Mandalorians. Like most of them are toasted from what we know. The shout out to Professor Salts because he he proposed this. What I thought was a pretty baller idea was that each season be about a different Mandalorian. That would be sweet, but so then we'd lose out on this great character. No, no, see, because then it'd be more like an anthology. So yeah. what I, because I had that in my head, what I expected to happen was the whole Baby Yoda arc be finished in this season, and then the next one's about a whole different Mandalorian character. And then, so specifically to uh, almost Dr. Salts was... We've been calling him almost Dr. Salt for a long time. He's very close to his doctor. but I hope he listens to that, just to hear us both say almost Dr. Salt. Yeah, but he proposed uh, the second season be about like the Forge Master, like the Major. That would be cool. Which I'm super interested in her character. And I'm, I'm glad sure, she survived. I'm sure she'll pop up again. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it'll go. So which, which episode was your favorite? Mm-hmm. My favorite was the one where he comes back to the city, and the other Mandalorians kind of come in and, like, save him from the guild. I think it's a that one, two. Was it two or, it was two or three. I think it was uh, two. But yeah, that one was actually my favorite. There's a lot of other great stuff. Like, the whole series is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wonderful. That is my favorite. I don't know why. Like, this is the best Western I've ever seen. I haven't seen a lot of Westerns, to it's be fair. Western. But if you watch this and say that it's not a Western, you are lying. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so good. So where does this rank for you as far as, like, not Skywalker series? Like, if we're, if we're ranking, like, The Mandalorian as a whole to, as, like, in the same line as Rogue One and Solo, where does this put uh, Like, I think that The Mandalorian, no offense to other Star Wars movies, might be better than some other Star Wars movies. I think so. I think so, for sure. And I think one of the things that they've done really well that I think fans have been like jeering for for a while is they're portraying kind of the everyday people of the galaxy. It's like there's no there are no small characters. There's no chosen people of prophecy. There's no Jedi or Sith. It's like this dude's a bounty hunter, and he's got he's pretty awesome. Bounty hunters, you know, there's no fate of the galaxy at hand. It's like this is just what he's doing, and I. Especially since, like, the Skywalker series has so adapted us to that idea of, like, everything matters with these characters. Right. And this guy's, like, Empire's dead. The stakes are a lot smaller. But it's all, like, very, like, like, selfishly. The world building's super cool. I mean, and Star Wars has always been really great, but all the detail and one of the the things I think is, like, most uh, showing of that is... I don't know which episode. It's really early in the series. He's talking to Carl Weathers before he gets Baby Yoda. Might have been like the first episode, but um, this since this is post the Empire being destroyed, approximately like five years later, is what I remember. Yeah, um, Carl Weathers is like paying him in like Mon Calamari money as well as something else. It's like there's no Imperial credits. That yeah, are, like they're not worth anything because. There's no, like, centralized currency. It's like... The Empire had its benefits. They've obviously... Well, my point is, it's just that when they're putting enough thought into, like, what the currency is, like... They're writing the story very well. They're doing the world justice, you know? Yeah. They're working hard. Yeah, honestly, Carl Weathers is, like, his character. What's his character's name? We're just going to call him Carl Weathers, aren't we? I didn't call him Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers is, like, 
the character that you just love to hate. Because he's even, like Bex, like he's kind of backstabbing, and like I don't even hate him. I kind of do because you can like every line that he has, you just kind of feel like you're kind of a jerk, aren't you? He's a sleazebag. Well, yeah, he's like, oh yes, my most faithful hunter. Like in front of everybody, like it's like, dude, you're putting a target on his back. He knows what he's doing, man. I know, but I just every time he's on screen, like he's a great character, and mm-hmm. Carl Weathers does a great job acting it. Don't get me wrong there. But, like, the character himself, I'm like, you're a jerk. I yeah, don't really like you very much. Like, uh, he's just an opportunist, you know? Like, even after Amanda runs off with Baby Yoda and um, they think Moff Gideon's dead. Or, I guess it's before Amanda runs off. But he's, like, uh, he's like already trying to set up a new job. He's like, we'll get your name cleared and you can have all the best quarries. Like, we'll set up camp here again. Like, he's literally just like, how can I make more money now? You know? Yeah. And, I don't know. I think it's really like gritty, real character. It it, it is, and but that's kind of why you kind of have to hate him. He's running the because we all know someone like that. He's running the guild, dude. You know, like I wouldn't expect the the leader of the bounty hunters guild to be a you know upright man, a real nice dude. <laughs> yeah, chummy guy. Guy who shines his shoes. <laughs> Overall, I think it was a super well done series, and I loved it. I'm yeah. excited for season two. It's really good. So, it's like, do you have anything else you want to say? Any, anything else Star Wars related? Um, no. No? Not at all? Can you give me your best Palpatine expression? Can you say, like, do it? Um, yeah. Give me a second. Or strike me down, something like that. What do you guys... Okay, you guys... You do it right in the mic. You want the whole internet to hear this. Get your, uh, your Palpatine ASMR. Yeah. So he's like, no, don't do it. I, 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 I. <laughs> and then Mace Windu's all like, no, man. Kill him, dude. And he's like, I, 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 Anakin, I, I'm, I'm weak. And then he, he does <laughs> unlimited power. Okay, I guess that kind of counts. Oh, one, one more thing. Yeah, you like the throaty voice though. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Oh no, I, I gave you what I wanted. <laughs> but uh, final, final closing note is we went to this AMC theater to see it, and AMC is really good, like sound and all that. But the noise that the noise that it made when Palpatine like electrified all the rebel ships was thrilling. It was just like Oh, that was a great scene. <laughs> like the speaker blew out at AMC. It was like it was like literally ear rape. My j- <laughs> I loved it. Mom might listen Mom won't listen to this. Listen to it. It's about Star Wars. Are we talking about something different? That's an might. actual technical term though. I know. Well that but that scene the was noise awesome. it made when he shot like infinite lightning in the sky was just like I heard a really good point about him is that like one thing that makes him really interesting is that he never like shows you his full potential at all. Like he's very much like the puppet master. He's not like mm. this is what I can do. And like he's been hiding that for mm. like nine movies. Yeah. And he just like destroys an entire basically destroys an entire fleet of ships with except, a giant lightning. Except there it is another like lack of consequence. He shocks them all. And then, then he they, stops. They just come back on. They're turned back on, like, there's no permanent damage to the ships. It's like, well, yeah. that was dumb, you know? I mean, you froze them for a minute, and they were quite falling, but... I don't know. Yeah, then we got to see, of course, the further aging, when she kind of forces it back on him, and, like, oh, yeah. his face peels off. Dude, that was, like, straight, uh... like Mace Windu all over again. That was, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It, it looked like, better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Have you seen that movie recently? They use like ping pong balls. That effect looked eyes. really bad. It was an old movie. Yeah, and they did like, practical. It's things. a great movie, but like that 
that particular shot mm-hmm. looks like a corny horror movie. Well, on top of like the incredibly sacrilegious connotations <laughs> that come with the Nazis <laughs> opening the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> that would not fly today. Yeah. Actually, it probably would. You can dun- you can do anything and dump on religion and no one cares. Well, on Christianity. Well, yeah. People just are not afraid to dump on Christianity. But I digress. The point is, Palpatine was lit and then he died. Yeah. That's that's the whole, like... He's actually, if you want to sum up Star Wars, dead. you have Palpatine was lit and then he died. Yeah. That's that's how I'd sum it up. Well, is that it? We're going to wrap up? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been the first episode of the Secret Language Podcast. If you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. If this podcast was terrible, share it with people you hate. And make them listen to 42 minutes of us talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. Do it. Oh, there it was. <laughs> there it was. Alright, I have been Jesse Vaughn. He's been Matt Vaughn. And until next time, stay sweet. Goodbye. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say something. <laughs>